Welcome, non-toxic mom. Today's episode is going to help you make healthy choices, live more intentionally, and overall enjoy this amazing ride called motherhood. Let's get started. Now that never-ending list of things running through your head, the to-do list, all the thoughts, all the worries that you have as a mom, that is called the mental load. And you are definitely not alone. We as moms have this invisible mental load that we are always carrying. So today I want to share with you some ways to balance, manage, and handle your mental load so that you don't go mental. (laughs) Now, in all seriousness, no, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart simply because I have really spent a lot of time thinking about and learning how to manage the mental load. And I take a lot of pride in the little systems that I have created. So I am super excited to share this with you today. Okay, so let's talk about, first and foremost, what exactly is the mental load? The mental load for mothers is that never-ending list of tasks and responsibilities and worries that basically seem to occupy a mom's mind at all times. It is everything from, is my child brushing his teeth? Uh, Am I using the right toothpaste? I'd better register for school. I'd better get my son into that preschool. I've got to pre-register. It is, what am I making for dinner? Is dinner healthy enough? Um, Is my family, you know, taking enough vacations? Are we doing enough? Are we getting enough quality time? Um, You know, do I need to buy new underwear for my kids? Oh, have my kids outgrown their shoes? It is literally every single thought that is running through a mom's mind, but it's also all of the planning, all of the thinking that we have to do to keep things running. Let's be honest, as moms, like, you know, we're we're basically running a tight ship here. We are not only responsible for, you know, our children, for meals, for, um, you know, planning, just we're kind of like this the chief family officer in so many ways and so many so many instances. Now, I know that every family can be different, right? But for most moms, I think that the mental load exists no matter what your family dynamic looks like. Now, I also want to be very clear that I'm not here to try and undermine the responsibilities, the mental load of a father. I think that fathers play a tremendously important role in the family. And I have a ton of respect and appreciation for that. So I'm not here to try and say that I'm the only person in my family that has a mental load. I have a mother's mental load. My husband has a father's mental load. And men just simply have a different mental load. They are thinking about different things than we are. The mother's mental load, to me, is a lot more logistical. It's a lot more kind of like, you know, we are responsible for kind of shaping things. There's just a lot that is on our plates at any given time. So I'm not here to try and say that fathers don't have responsibilities. That is not at all what I'm saying. I am just here today to try and give you and me some actionable ideas and insights for how to kind of manage and reduce our mental load because it's not going to go away, right? We still have those responsibilities. We still have to plan birthday parties. We're still doing Christmas presents or, you know, whatever it is that is kind of going on. Um, those, those things are part of motherhood. So I just want to give you some ideas and talk through ways to make this more manageable so that it's not taking up your, you know, kind of like your whole day or really just zapping your energy, right? These are part of our responsibilities. So we want to be able to manage them and 
you know, live an, a wonderful and abundant and joyful life despite these, you know, constant responsibilities and kind of the weight of all of that, that, that comes along with motherhood. Okay. So that said, um, I do have some strategies to help you lighten the load. So let's jump in. <clears throat> okay. So tip number one for balancing a mother's mental load is prioritization and letting things go. So number one, I think it's really natural as a mother to want to do it all and to be everything all at once. Like for me, I would love to be, you know, super mom at school. I would love to be super mom in the kitchen. I would love to be, you know, just present at all my kids' sports activities. I would love to be doing everything, but not everything can be a priority all at once. So for you, like, what does that look like? Do you know what is important to you? Do you know what your list of priorities looks like? Maybe you haven't actually thought it out, but I bet that if you actually sat down and just gave it some thought, you would be able to say, okay, this is more important to me than that. And unfortunately, I have to say no to this. I just think that when we know what is important to us and we recognize the fact that not everything has to be perfect, we don't have to do everything, not everything has to be done right now we will be able to lighten our load, okay? And a lot of the time, that means saying no more. Um, I heard this quote that said something like, when you say yes to someone, you're saying no to yourself. Now, maybe that applies in some cases and maybe in other cases it doesn't. But I think that the meta point is that when you do commit to something, let's say you're being asked to volunteer in the classroom or at church or you're going to an event, you are committing to do something that may have value for you, but what is the thing that you're giving up in order to do that? For example, I used to volunteer in my son's kindergarten classroom and I absolutely loved it, but I was giving up, I think, three hours on my Wednesdays that I would have had, I had a babysitter for. During those three hours, I could have been working, I could have taken self-care time, I could have done other things. Now, in the end, I loved volunteering, and that was the choice that I made. But when you do commit to something, just try to factor in what the costs of that commitment are, even if it's just, you know, making plans with friends or something like that. Like, I am so guilty of making plans, and then when it comes time to actually go to those plans, I just drag my feet, and I really don't want to go, and I know I'm not alone in that, but it basically tells me that, you know what, maybe I'm not prioritizing myself enough when I feel that way. So think about what your commitments look like. Prioritize what is important to you. For me, cooking meals at home is very important. I don't always get to do that. Sometimes things conflict with our schedules like sports or school events or, you know, whatever it might be. But to me, I know that that's something that I value. And so whenever I am planning out my week or I am kind of just thinking about what kind of mother I want to be, that is something that is, is pretty much, you know, at the top of the list. Um, I also know that I want to be present at home. And so, you know, that factors into the work that I do, that factors into um, where I choose to work, that factors into the commitments that I make with my work, um, working with brands and things like that. I say no a lot, simply because I want flexibility and I want to be able to be in charge of my own schedule. So knowing what your values are 
is a huge part of this. Prioritizing that and also letting go of the expectation that you can do everything and be everything and everything can be perfect and done all at once will certainly lighten your load. And that's why that's tip number one. Okay. Another part of that is to basically prioritize the things in your home. So um, decluttering your home, letting go of things is a big aspect. I know for me, I spend a lot of my day moving stuff around the house. It is putting my kids' toys away, putting the clothes away, moving the clothes from the washer to the dryer. I sometimes feel like I am the chief stuff officer in my home. And I said that with air quotes, if you're not watching the video, but like, basically I sometimes feel like I'm constantly moving stuff from place to place. And I spend a lot of my day doing that. And that is when I realized that, okay, we've got too many toys. There are too many books on the bookshelf. There are too many, um, clothes in the closet. We probably need to cull our clothing. You know, I'm sure the kids have outgrown some things, or maybe I've just been on a shopping spree. I bought too much stuff and I really need to be realistic about the things that I bring in and the things that I, you know, remove from my closet. So I think really just also getting a handle on the stuff in your home. Okay. Is a big part of that prioritization because, if you have too many things, you're going to be spending a lot of time managing those things. And I'm not saying you have to go minimalist, but the act of decluttering, the act of removing things when you no longer need them is so powerful. And it actually, it frees up so much space in your life, in your brain, in your mind, and frankly, just in your energy as well. So I'm a big fan of decluttering. Um, and whenever I get into a good zone with it, whenever I get to a good place with decluttering, I am a much happier person and I just feel lighter. So I definitely encourage you to work on not just prioritizing, prioritizing your schedule, prioritizing your life, but also prioritizing the things in your home. And it is okay to let go of things that no longer serve you. Okay. So, um, say no more you know, don't always be agreeing to things um, and, you know, really, really know what matters to you. Let go of the expectation that things have to be perfect or you have to do everything. Okay. So tip number two, this is a good one. Tip number two is uh, to delegate and have shared responsibility in your home. So delegation really looks like, you know, giving responsibility to someone else for a task or for a zone in your home. For example, one of the things I've been wanting to try is to give my kids a zone in the house that they're responsible for. Meaning not only are they responsible for their own backpacks or their own clothes and shoes and toys, but they are also responsible for a part of the house that needs to be tidied up every single day. So for example, one child could have the living room. The living room needs to be tidied up every day before bedtime. That means the video games are put away. That means the pillows are put back on the couch because let's be honest, they get thrown all around the house. Um, the ottoman needs to be pushed back. The coffee table needs to be moved around. Um, can you kind of understand that everything in my living room just ends up all over the place? So if I were to give one of my kids the responsibility for cleaning up the living room before bed, um, that would be a great way of just delegating that. And now my kids are old enough to where they can handle these kinds of responsibilities. But truly, kids can have chores from as young as two or three. 
And actually, the more responsibility that we give them from an early age, the, the better they they you know, the better they are for having that sense of connection to chores and responsibility. So I think don't hesitate to give your little ones, even the littlest chores, um, such as wiping down a counter, putting their dishes away, putting their dishes in the sink. How can someone else in your family help with these responsibilities? Um, I feel like I spend so much time cleaning up in the kitchen that now my nine-year-old is responsible for emptying the dishwasher in the mornings and it helps me a lot. So just not having to do every little thing myself is a big um, time saver, but also an energy, you know, saver as well. It really, really helps me to not have to be responsible for every single thing. And that's what we're trying to avoid is that it's not just that we know these things have to be done. It's the idea that we think that we are the only ones that can do them. That's not true. Okay. And if you do delegate, delegate something to someone else, like your spouse or your children or a, a family member or, or a hired, you know, uh, employee, household employee, what you're going to want to do is really get comfortable with letting someone do things their own way. Now that really applies more for like family members. When you do have an employee, let's say you have a nanny or a mother's helper or a housekeeper come, yes, you can definitely say, I want things done this way. But when it comes to having your spouse do something or your children do something, I think you have to give a little bit of um, flexibility and room for them to do things their own way. So that's something that was hard for me at first. Um, I realized that, you know, I had to stop wanting everything done my way especially when it came to like my husband, you know, spending time with the kids or taking the kids out or doing something like that. Um, it was a lot better. It worked a lot better for me when I did not expect him to do things my way. We are two totally different people. Um, and there's just, it's silly to expect someone to do everything my way. Yes, my way is probably the best. Um, but that's just not how marriage works. And that is just not how relationships work, right? So even when my son does the dishes, he does them a little bit differently than I do, and that's okay. So delegating is step one. You know, giving shared responsibility is, is the first um, part of this, but also giving people room to do things their way will ensure that they keep doing them for you. Um, and that's kind of what makes it a teamwork task, right? Like um, putting clothes away. We try to put laundry away. You know, sometimes we'll do a little laundry party in the family just because the laundry gets excessive. Um, or we will clean up the house before bed. We'll tidy everything up. And it's, it's really this idea that, Hey, we're a family, we're in it together. This is our home and it's teamwork. So definitely start thinking about the kinds of things that you can delegate to someone else. Um, age appropriate chores for your children, talk to your spouse, talk to your partner, your husband about like, Hey, I would really love it if you could help me with this, or do you mind helping me with this? Um, and then over time, those tasks become automatically delegated and you don't have to ask every single time, or at least that's the idea. Okay. So tip number three for balancing your mama's mental load is, okay, this is one of my favorites. It's having organizational systems. Okay. So having systems in your home and in your life is one of the most powerful ways to get more done. Okay, so hear me out on this. I have, quote unquote, an ADHD brain, and I always have since childhood. So I have had, I think, extra challenges with 
doing household tasks, with staying focused, with kind of getting motivated to do certain things. So I kind of feel like my whole life, I have been working against myself in that regard. So one of the best ways to um, approach this is to have systems in place. So what I mean by that is really just having a way that things are done in my house or in my life that doesn't require me to think about those things. For example, um, when my boys were little, I took out my calendar, took out my journal. This was right after I had my second baby and my young, my oldest was three and I had a newborn and I just felt overwhelmed with everything. I felt overwhelmed with like taking care of the baby, handling a toddler. But then also we had just moved into a new house and I was like unpacking and then just trying to manage our day-to-day stuff. So I remember I took out my, um, my calendar I think it was like a Kate Condren calendar. Um, One of those, you know, with the spiral sides, um, like spiral bound. And I flipped to the back and I just had a blank sheet of paper in front of me. And I said, this is what my day is going to look like. I, you know, kids wake up 7 a.m., you know, take, change the baby, nurse, put a load of laundry in, go downstairs for breakfast, you know, and I just literally listed all of his naps, what we would do, what my windows of time were with the toddler. Um, and then when I would literally switch the laundry and this is the, the kind of structure that I needed at the time, simply because I had so much on my plate. I, I was juggling so many new things. I had a baby, I had, you know, a new house, like there was so much going on, but just being able to write it down and put some structure in my day made it so much easier for me. And I followed that schedule for a very long time. And then when my son got older, my my newborn got older, I adjusted the schedule for his new nap schedule. But at the very least, I had a sense of, okay, the dishes get done at this time, they get emptied at this time, um, the clothes get put in at this time, they get moved to the dryer when I go back upstairs. Like I just needed that level of detail in my daily systems. Now, this also helps me to this day where, you know, my kids are bigger and I find a time to walk the dog or I find time to, um, you know, make dinner or I, I find time in my day to do the things that matter and also get the little things done. See, for me, it's those little things like laundry or cleaning um, that are not so exciting and they just never bubble up to the top of my personal priorities, but they still have to be done. So I know that, okay, when I wake up, I'm going to put a load of laundry in and then I will put that load of laundry away the same day, or at least that's the goal. Um, or the dishes get done every single night. The dishwasher is emptied and refilled in the morning. Those little systems help me out a ton. Um, and I've, I've talked about this before on the show too, but like I have little things like wipe down Wednesday where I will wipe down every single counter of the house in detail um, or every single surface of the house in detail. Or I will do like towel Tuesdays where I clean all the towels um, on Tuesday because literally my kids love to take a fresh towel every time they take a shower. It is mind blowing. Um, but I just need those little, little things in place for me to know that everything is going to get done and I don't have to think about it. Okay. And that is the key. When we're trying to reduce the mental load that we have as mothers, you want to not have to think about these things, right? Because that mental load is that nonstop to-do list, the nonstop things that need to get done. And when it comes to things that are happening all the time, like laundry, towels, counters, you know, even, even routine things like dentist appointments, 
take the thinking out of it. Okay. And that is one of the best ways to reduce the mental load. Know what needs to be done, have a system for it, have a way that it gets done, and then just stick to that. So you don't have to think about it every single morning. Have you ever heard of decision fatigue? That's when we get tired making too many decisions. And the more that we're thinking about, the more that we put into every little decision, um, when am I going to do this? When am I going to do the laundry? When am I going to put this away? That causes decision fatigue. And that just weighs you down even further. That just adds to your mother's mental load. And we want to lighten that load. Okay. So take the thinking out of your day-to-day tasks. When do you take your vitamins? I take mine first thing in the morning with breakfast, or I take the other half at bedtime, um, or with, with my, you know, nighttime snack or with dinner. Just have a system so that you don't have to think about these things and you don't forget the little stuff that matters. Okay. Um, Another kind of organizational system can be having a family calendar. Once I started doing this, it was such a game changer for me and my husband. Um, I just use Google Calendar and I will, I'm, I'm in charge of our calendar. Okay. As is probably the case for many families, but like, I will just send my husband a meeting notice for any kind of event that he needs to know about or anything that we're doing that involves the kids or like if I'm going to be gone or something like that, it's on his calendar and it's on my calendar and it just makes things so much simpler. Um, okay. And another good organizational system is to write things down and have a plan for your day and for your week. Now, to me, I think it's too ambitious to expect that I write down everything that I need to do every single day and every single week. I try to do that, but I don't always get that done. So I think use this when it makes sense. Um, I think some women are like die hard, you know, they have their planner on them at all times. They know exactly what they're doing. And I totally admire those women. I want to be those women. I am not, however, but I do try. And whenever I do have a lot to manage, I, I will go to my planner and I will write everything out, but I don't do it religiously. Like I don't have a meal plan ready for the whole week, every Saturday, and then groceries done and delivered on Sunday. That's not what works for me, but that might be what works for you. There are so many different personality types and so many different preferences. So just find what works for you and and write things down. By doing a brain dump, you can actually just almost instantly reduce your mental load simply by writing that to-do list on paper. And you're literally taking it from your brain and transferring it to paper and you're reducing that responsibility that says, I have to remember every single one of these things. Um, and that's my responsibility. It's not just doing them. It's actually remembering them as well. I use the notes app on my cell phone a lot. It is so helpful. I make tons and tons of lists on there. I also use an app called Todoist. That is the best to do app that I have found for iPhones. I don't know if it's on Androids, um, but it's super helpful. And then I'm using my calendar. I also have my planner. This is my new planner for 2024. Um, Oops. This is my new planner for 2024. I love getting a planner. It's so exciting. Um, when I get a new planner for the new year and it's just kind of like that crisp planner feel. Um, but I really, really want to use my planner more. And I highly encourage you to do the same, whether it's a digital planner, whether it's the notes app on your phone, um, or it is a written planner. I kind of use a combination of all of the above. Just find what works for you and try to write things down more. Take those thoughts out of your head and put them on paper. Um, And then finally, 
one more thought for organizational systems is to set it and forget it. Okay. So as much as you can, let's say you have to take the kids to the dentist twice a year, right? Every six months, they need to go for a checkup. Well, what I like to do is I will schedule that first appointment. And then before I leave the office, I will schedule the next appointment. I put it in my phone. And then when the day comes, I show up. That's how it works. I do not have to think about calling them. I don't have to think about that again until it pops up on my calendar. And I know that it's time for me to go take the kids to the dentist. So making it simpler, making all of these obligations a little bit simpler can also be very, very helpful. Um, Okay. And then number four, I kind of touched on this in tip number three, but number four is to embrace technology. Okay. There are so many apps and tools out there that can help you manage your family life and your personal life. Um, You can use apps for grocery shopping. You can use apps for budgeting. You can use apps for to-do lists. You can use apps for, you know, communication. Um, At one point I had a shared note on my notes tab, my notes folder, uh, my notes app. Thank you. Um, I just thanked myself for remembering what I was trying to say, but one at one point I had a shared note on the notes app between me and my husband for groceries. And I found that really helpful at the time because anytime one of us would just think of something that we needed, we would put it on the grocery list and whoever went to the store would go pick up that item and then delete it from the list. It can be simple. Okay. Embrace technology, but don't complicate it. You don't have to pay a ton of like app subscription fees and all of this stuff. You don't have to use a ton of different apps. Keep it simple. Find what works for you. It can be as simple as just using the notes app on your phone. Um, Okay. Number five, this is actually one of my favorite um, tips and that is to get support. Okay. I don't mean going out and talking to friends and, and lamenting about your, your mother's mental load. That can help. You know, it's nice to get validation, but actually I'm talking about literally getting help in your home. Okay. Your time is valuable. Whether you work outside the home or not, your time is valuable. If you find that you cannot keep up with your tasks, if you find you cannot keep up with things like cleaning your home, um, it's time to bring someone in, okay? Do a cost-benefit analysis. How much will it cost you to have someone come and clean your home for you versus how many hours of your life are you spending trying to do the same amount of work over a period of like two weeks, right? Is it worth that or could you spend that time attending to your kids? Could you spend that time caring for yourself? Could you spend that time caring for your home or your family in other ways? Could you spend that time working if you have a job or if you have a side hustle? What is the cost benefit analysis? Don't just be overwhelmed by the price tag. Having a housekeeper come to your home can be so liberating. And personally, I don't, I am not, I was not raised to clean. I don't have the gene that helps me be a good housekeeper in my own home. So I have always had a housekeeper come to my house. It is one of the greatest things that I do for myself and for my family. And everything just feels better and lighter after my home is professionally cleaned. So I highly recommend that you have a housekeeper. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, Yasmin, I only use non-toxic cleaning products. There's no way that I can have someone come and clean my house for me. Well, my response to that is find someone who will use your products without any kind of an issue, who will follow your requirements for the job. You are an employer. If you hire someone to clean your house, have them do it the way that you want it done. Simple. And if the person that you have doesn't do that, then 
you know, look elsewhere, hire a different company, but make sure that you tell them, I only want you to use my cleaning products and make sure they're good with that. Not everyone is good with that, but most people in my experience are okay with that. Um, there are other ways too, that you can, you know, get help, get support to really just help you manage that mental load. Let's say that you need a babysitter for an afternoon so that you can go out and plan your child's birthday. You can go to the store, the party store and get all of the supplies. It's just a lot easier than trying to do it with a two-year-old or something, um, you know, in tow. Find what would help you. Figure out what is your big obstacle for something and then find out what would make it simpler. Is there someone that you can help? Is there someone that you can hire? Um, maybe you hire a party planner instead of trying to do it yourself, or, you know, maybe you bring somebody in to watch the kids once a week while you go and work out, um, because then your own personal fitness, you know, doesn't have to nag you at the back of your mind as well. So figure out what kind of support you can use and bring it in as it makes sense. It, it can make a big difference in your, um, your personal lifestyle and your own level of, you know, stress and weight that you're carrying from all of this mental load. One of the things that I want to do is bring somebody in to put my laundry away for me. And I have, I have been talking about this for the longest time. And for some reason, I just haven't done it. Um, it's hard for me to, it's really hard for me to delegate, to be perfectly honest. And I know that I've given you that advice that, you know, you should delegate tasks that, you know, you don't want to handle or you can't handle. Um, but for me, I really want to hire someone to, to put my laundry away for me because it gets overwhelming. Um, I haven't done that yet though, but that's something I'm considering. I definitely have a housekeeper. That is a huge plus. Um, and at some point, you know, different various times we've had babysitters and whatnot and nannies and stuff, but, um, you know, just consider who you can help, who you can hire to help you manage your mental load and manage your responsibilities. There are tasks, uh, sorry, there are apps like TaskRabbit where you can hire someone to run your errands for you. And it doesn't have to be super expensive. Just think about the cost benefit again and, you know, find something that works for you. So find something that will have impact on your life and on your mental load. And don't be afraid to hire somebody out to do it. Okay, and then tip number six. This is something I talk about a lot too, and that is prioritizing your self-care and time management, okay? You have to look after yourself, and if you don't look after yourself, your ability to cope with these responsibilities just gets degraded over time. So block off some time in your calendar just for you. Um, it could be something as simple as a cup of coffee in the morning, a walk during your baby's nap when she's in the stroller. Um, start your day with some intention, okay? Know what you want to achieve that day. Know what is important to you, but also factor yourself in. I, I hate to use a cliche, but you can't pour from an empty cup. And, and though I have been an empty cup many times in my, my motherhood journey, I think that I am just so much better able to cope with my daily responsibilities when I have taken care of myself, when I feel good about myself, when I feel like, hey, you know what, I've, I've kind of got myself together. I can face the day with confidence and with energy versus feeling drained, tired, unhappy, exhausted. Those are never my best days just because I'm kind of starting things off on the wrong foot. Um, and this is not meant to be a lecture because I have been there so many times myself. So this last tip is just to remember to include yourself in your own priorities, okay? Um, some mindfulness can help. Um, 
even just like deep breathing, whatever it takes for you to feel whole and ready to embrace your motherhood responsibilities, I am for that. Okay. Um, For me, I have done so many different things to feel really good about myself as a mother, as a woman, as just an individual. And some of the things that have worked for me are like going to the sauna, um, going to the gym, redoing my wardrobe. My goodness. I, I think that since I became a mom, style has changed so much and I have struggled to keep up with my own sense of style and, um, you know, beauty, just, just maintaining myself. I think it's so important to do these things so that you remember that you are a whole individual woman in addition to being a mother. So prioritize yourself too, not to add more to your mental load and put more things on your list. But if you have a chance to work on yourself as well, you will be able to face your responsibilities, manage your responsibilities, and honestly, just, you know, approach each day with more life, vigor, enthusiasm. And that's really what we want, right? We want joyful motherhood. We want a joyful life. So I am a big, big believer in putting yourself on the to-do list. Okay. So there you have it. Those are six actionable tips, maybe a little more than six, but six categories. Um, that are going to help you reduce your mental load as a mom. Okay. Remember it's about finding what works for you and your family. So take these ideas, find what works for you and run with them. And then you know what? Constantly be calling, constantly be working on this and you will improve your mental load. And remember things change, right? All the time. Our babies go through different phases and stages and things get easier over time as they get bigger. And it's just, constant change, right? So just be adaptable and be willing to keep this process going and always be thinking about what's working for us and what's not working. Okay. So let me just summarize what we talked about in today's episode. Um, Reducing that mental load in six tips. Prioritize. Number one is to prioritize and let things go. Say no more. Um, you know, don't say yes without thinking. Be selective about the opportunities that you accept. Declutter, get rid of things, um, and just know that you don't have to do everything. Find the priorities, find your priorities and prioritize them. Number two, focus on delegation and shared responsibility within your family, within your um, with your spouse. Um, it's not about doing everything. It's about teamwork. Remember you and your family are a team. It's not just your responsibility to maintain the house. It's, it's everyone's home, right? Number three is to have and create organizational systems like a family calendar, writing things down, having a plan for your day, for your week, and just having systems in your home that make things easier, that don't require you to think about when the laundry gets switched or when you're going to do the dishes. Just know that you have a system and you don't have to think about every little thing. That will lighten your maternal mental load. Number four is to embrace technology. You don't have to physically run around town and do everything anymore. There's so much technology that you can use that can help you simplify your tasks. Maybe you use a grocery delivery app, or maybe you have Target deliver your, um, you know, your items to you. Have a budgeting app. Have a you know to-do list app. Use technology in a way that um, reduces your need to think things through. Number five is to get support. Hire things out whenever you can, whenever you need them. 
Um, number six is to practice self-care and time management. Prioritize yourself, include yourself on your own to-do list. Make sure that you are getting the things that you need to feel happy and whole so that you can approach your day-to-day. You can approach your motherhood with energy and excitement, happiness, and be that happy mama that I know that you want to be. Okay, so your action item for today is to start one of these tasks, right? It's to start one of these ways of reducing your mental load. Maybe you start by writing down, just kind of doing a brain dump of what is nagging you? What is sitting there in the back of your mind? Because I know if I went through my mother's mental load right now, it would be everything from planning a family vacation that we haven't taken in so long to, are my kids brushing their teeth in the morning to, do their shoes fit them well? Um, Have they outgrown their shoes? Oh, I need to go buy, um, you know, a t-shirt for that school dress up day. Or, you know, um, I've got to buy a new homeschooling book for my younger son. And um, I wonder if their baseball gloves still fit them. Or what am I serving for dinner tonight? Do I need to go to Sprouts and get some chicken? It is such a long running list. So I'm going to go do a brain dump. And I encourage you to start with a brain dump and then figure out what you can accomplish, figure out a system, figure out a way to manage those tasks and keep this process going. It will always be changing. So I hope this was helpful to you. I know that you can do this. You have what it takes. And I am so excited to support you on this. If you found this helpful, I would love to know. Just shoot me a DM, leave a comment for this episode. Um, and if it is helpful, I can do more content like that for you. Otherwise, I will see you in the next episode. And until then, take care of yourself and just remember that you are doing an amazing job. So I will see you in the next one. Bye. If you know another mom who can benefit from today's episode, please help me share this episode with her. And if you want to keep up with more credible tips, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the good information. To become part of our community, go to gentlenursery.com slash podcast for more information. I will see you on the next episode, Mama. You are amazing.